Hello and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story today updates in the proposal to build townhomes at the former site of Meade's Nursery. I'm Gary Scott and it's Monday, January 30th, 2023. Other stories in the Morning Brief today, the Special Olympics Super Regional Winter Classic returns to West Mountain, Moreau Community Center seeking donations of quilts and blankets for students participating in the South High Marathon Dance, Washington County's proposals for $100,000 in relief funding, and a new African-American art exhibit at the Hyde Collection. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls Today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community. And what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the greater Glens Falls area. For example, I'd like to say a quick thank you to one of our community partners, 1-800-PaintJob. Professional painters and pressure washers providing high-quality services and close client relationships to bring great ideas to life for over 30 years. And if you own a business in the area as well, you could advertise with us on our website or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com. And thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. The Special Olympics Super Regional Winter Classic returned to West Mountain on Saturday for the first time since before the onset of the COVID pandemic. According to the Post-Star, nearly 80 athletes were joined by 70 coaches and volunteers at the Queensbury Ski Resort to participate in snowshoeing, snowboarding, and skiing competitions. Participating teams traveled from several different regions of the state, including the Hudson Valley, the Capital Region, the North Country, Onondaga County, the Southern Tier, and Staten Island. The games kicked off at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday and concluded with an award ceremony at 2 p.m. Eric Cromer, Special Olympics New York's Associate Director of Programs for the Capital Region and North Country, said the numbers on Saturday were comparable to the last event in 2018 when 100 athletes participated. Cromer said, quote, Today was fantastic, especially since we've struggled over the past couple years with having enough volunteers. We had a great showing from volunteers today. We have about 150 people here in total. Cromer added that, like most organizations and events, they are still trying to rebuild after COVID. Athlete Donald Moore said this was his fourth year traveling to the mountain from the village of Saranac Lake to participate in the snowshoe competition. When asked about why he comes to the games, Moore said, quote, I'm here just to have fun. I'm not going for the gold. The Post-Star reports the next stop for the athletes is the 2023 State Winter Games in the city of Syracuse on February 24th and 25th. Special Olympics New York is the largest state chapter in the country, serving more than 31,000 athletes across New York with year-round sports training, athletic competition, and health screenings. The organization also partners with about 250 schools statewide to offer unified sports where students with and without disabilities compete as teammates. All Special Olympics New York programs are offered at no cost to athletes, their families, or caregivers. The Moreau Community Center is seeking donations for the students who are part of the 2023 annual South Eye Marathon Dance, which comes home for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic. 
According to News 10, the community center made a post on social media calling for donations of quilts and Afghan blankets to be given as gifts to the students taking part in the dance. The 2023 South Eye Marathon dance is scheduled for March 3rd and 4th, and the Moreau Community Center is one of many community organizations around the area that support students throughout the marathon season. All quilt and blanket donations can be brought to any staff member at Moreau Community Center, located at 144 Main Street in South Glens Falls. The Salvi Marathon Dance returns to South Glens Falls High School this year for the first time since the pandemic. For the last two years, the event has been held at the Six Flags Great Escape, using outdoor space for social distancing. Every year, the dance raises money for families with members fighting debilitating illness, as well as community organizations that are part of the same fight. News 10 reports over the last 45 years, the dance has raised nearly $10 million. This month, the School Marathon Dance Student Committee is selecting the beneficiaries for this year's dance. Last year, the marathon dance raised over $500,000 for 28 beneficiaries. Now, before we get to our top story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we strive to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. Two years ago, Foothills Builders signed a contract to purchase the former Meads Nursery property on 11 acres that stretches from Ridge Road to Meadowbrook Road, just below Quaker Road in Queensbury. Now, the project, which according to the Glens Falls Chronicle envisions as many as 77 townhomes and a community center, has taken a big step forward. Last week, the Queensbury Planning Board issued a positive recommendation on a zoning change which town senior planner Stuart Baker confirmed to the Chronicle. Now it moves to the town board. Joe Lucci and his father, also Joe Lucci, own Foothills Builders, and they've been under contract to buy the site since December 2020. The younger Mr. Lucci said, quote, We're very excited about the project. It's going to provide a lot of housing, which is certainly something that's been a shortage in Queensbury of late. He said they're planning a lifestyle community, including a gym and space for residents to use for events and parties. Foothills Builders plan to own and operate the property themselves. Lucy said, quote, We want to make it a place where people choose to live. A lot of times people might rent an apartment because they don't feel they can afford a house. So we feel like this is going to be more of a place where people want to live. Marianne Pendergrass, whose late parents Dick and Madeline Mead operated the nursery, told the Chronicle that the project is honoring the wishes of her father, who had rejected proposals from a big box store because he wanted to do right by the neighborhood. Pendergrass added, quote, Every time he had to go and ask for some kind of a permission variance, like to put up another greenhouse or whatever, the neighbors were extremely supportive. That's why it was his desire that it become residential. Miss Pendergrass said that before her father passed away around two years ago, he accepted the offer and signed the contract, adding, quote, He was completely coherent and knew what he was doing. She said, quote, To drive by and see the property vacant was hard when my dad was alive. It was hard on him. Now it's been two years since he passed away, and the property is just in need of being rehabilitated. She then said, quote, I'm excited. I want this to go forward. I want to see somebody in there starting to make this property come to life. It's got an entrance on Meadowbrook and an entrance on Ridge. It's on the bus line. It just made sense to us that it would be a great place for people to live. Lucy said the final number of units is to be determined after town input. 
Mr. Baker, the senior planner, says the zoning change would be from commercial intensive to moderate density residential, adding that, quote, the town board needs to land on if they're comfortable with the proposed zoning changes. Once they agree on density, Baker said the next step would be up to Foothills Builders to put together a full and complete application for review. Meanwhile, across town, Foothills Builders will soon break ground on another project, a mixed-use building off exit 18 at 80 Main Street. Lucy said this building will have around 8,500 square feet of commercial space and 24 apartments. The Washington County Board of Supervisors Agriculture, Planning, Tourism, and Community Development Committee voted last week to divide an extra $100,000 in federal pandemic relief funds between technical assistance for small businesses and an electronic message sign for the county municipal offices. The Post-Star reports Economic Development Director Laura Oswald said County Treasurer Al Nalette obtained the money through the American Rescue Plan Act and that the county will receive two payments of $50,000 over two years. Oswald recommended designating $50,000 for the Lake Champlain-Lake George Regional Planning Commission to offer marketing, financial, and planning assistance to non-agricultural small businesses. Deborah Donahue, County Public Works Superintendent, wanted the other $50,000 to replace the deteriorating sign in front of the municipal building. With an electronic message sign, she said the county could communicate with the public when offices are closed, and if the funding is available, the DPW won't have to budget for a new sign. The proposals will go to the full Board of Supervisors for approval in February. And finally, the Hyde Collection introduced a new art exhibit this weekend. Curated from the collection of Harmon and Harriet Kelly, News 10 reports a large collection of artwork from African-American hands and minds has come to the museum. The Harmon and Harriet Kelly Collection of African-American Art, Works on Paper, opened on Saturday and will run until Sunday, April 23rd. This exhibit includes work by graphic artist Grafton Tyler Brown, printmaker Margot Humphrey, and Romare Bearden, among many more. Darren Tanyal, the Hyde Collection's curator of modern and contemporary art, said, quote, It's a very special collection of nearly 70 watercolors, pastels, drawings, and a variety of print media by leading African-American artists. The show chronicles the lives of black Americans through a series of representative themes. Labor, landscape, and cityscape, portraiture, community, and entertainment. The majority of the exhibit's work was produced during the Great Depression. During that period, many artists were employed by the Federal Arts Project and the Works Progress Administration. Other works invoke the abstract impressionism of the 1950s, political work of the 1960s and 70s, and more contemporary work. Tanyol said, quote, The Kelly's curatorial vision focuses on uplifting, positive themes, although a small section of the show confronts racism and injustice. Sourced from one of the most celebrated private collections of African-American art, this exhibition is sure to provide visitors with a rich and thought-provoking experience. And that is all I've got for The Morning Brief today. Again, I'm Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for The Morning Brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area, so if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a 5-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.